0: We normally just uh, cover a vote on the Parsha, but being that this coming Shabbos is, is Yom Tov Shvi'as, so i opened open up a cypher of Tov and I want to see what he had to say about Eidigah So there's one shtick over there that they bring from Sidre B'Shabseh. B'Shabseh brings from Eidigah Balsham Tov, Hoyri. I think it's a well-known minig that he's bringing from Balsham Tov. And that is that... Um, after saying Tikkun, Shviyaz by the meaning is to say Tikkun al Shviyaz, a little bit to reach one of the Sifre Tanakh, uh, and some Shnaya, nice, and Sifre Mitzvahs. So after that, one shouldn't, one shouldn't be Mavsuk, or any am not until after Kedish's Kesar. Why? The idea of the Chuvda Sifra sifre Tanakh, is Kishite kala. we're preparing Kishiten, right, jewelry, uh, for the Shrinak Dosheh, Right? mean and once that's prepared, you don't want to be mafsick or anything in between, anything that's not uh, part of that taking. is keser, which is what we say, case in the and that's what we give it to, to the Ibishtah Al can you zoom o'datar al alkupum ad cases there. At least from when you do that until the case, you should make sure that there's nothing interrupting that. So it's interesting because we mention this often that when it comes to Yik Kitchabrich Shintai, there's the Ibishha with hisrul you know, the khusna and the kala, it, definitely, there's definitely a lot to learn about um, about Shon and about uh, you know, all kinds of right, this, that's obviously the ultimate uh, nimshul. and I think that one of the things that we could just learn from this small idea over here about the khusna Shite kala is is not to have interruptions. Very often, uh, people do something nice, you buy something nice, you buy jewelry, in this case, right, especially now it's coming Yom and Sheikh says you buy a present for your wife, and very often, wives buy presents for husbands, and you know you do something nice, you buy a present, you say a compliment, you give a good word, you do a lot of good things. And sometimes people just, just kill it people, by, by interrupting with something else. Now, and I, I want to qualify very carefully. I have a shia, I think it's called, when will you let it add up, or something like that. And, you know, sometimes someone does something nice, does another thing nice, another thing nice, and, and, and all of a sudden you hear, yeah, but you still did that to me, you still did this to me, and, you always, and people always end up finding, you know, the parts that weren't so nice, and they don't let, they don't let a certain amount of trust or appreciation build up. Like, you know, after doing so many nice things, why let, let it build up and let, and let yourself um, be convinced that your spouse really means you're good and means to be nice to you. However, right, that's, that's, that's on the receiving end. On the receiving end, when somebody's giving you things, let it add up taking the big picture, and try to try, try to let it happen, so to speak. Let let, let let the effect happen. But when you're being nice to someone, right, and you're on the giving end, then you want to make sure that you're not letting anything interrupt it. Sometimes you give a compliment, and then you give some criticism, and then another compliment, and then some more criticism, another compliment, and now I'm holding my three compliments already for the same day. But you interrupt it, or something in between, and it just takes away you know, the message, it takes away the, the the impact of the message, or, what it, or the effect that it, that it should have had. And that, that's just something to think about, because... So often, especially, some people take these things especially wrong, and they pick up on all those little criticisms, all those little implications, all those little you know slight or whatever, whatever it may be that somebody did and and, and they see like oh that 's all it is, you know especially when someone has a splitting perception of black and white you 're either always nice to me or never nice to me it 's a lot quicker to be that you 're never nice to me because look every few minutes or every few hours or every few days, you criticize me. The fact that you also complimented me many times usually just gets pushed away so it 's very important to see that the idea of consistency, the idea of, of just doing it right and making sure that nothing, trying to the best of your ability, and I know we're, we're not malochim, and we all will fall through, and like I said, the receiver should never try to pick up on, you know, yeah, you did something nice to me, but you also did something else, but, but it's good to be consistent. And actually, I think this is something that we also learn from the build-up to Shviyas in Kabbalah Zato'yrah, which was Shviyas O'aymah. One of the ways to get to, to Shviyas is by counting every single day, and if you miss one day, it's a problem. You know, you could still count, but without a brucha, huh? there's something about consistency. And I think that's really what Kabbalah is all about, which is the idea of its own. You know, to know how to be consistent and to know how to, you know, keep on letting the small things add up. But in terms of a relationship, it's important to remember that you want to do it consistently. You want to do for your Sathayim every day and you want to make sure that the Kshite is not interrupted by other things that could... Uh, affect that and it's the same thing with obviously you, know, you want your children to hear a consistent message a healthy message not one day yes and one day not and one day I think you're the best kid and one day what's with you what's going to be with you how could you and then the mix up just, just doesn't sit well with a lot of children so that's just something that uh, some little, a little food for thought from, from Chagashviyas ok now I'm going to do something very funny now I hope nobody minds and that is talk about Purim customs Okay, now I know that, uh, just in case anyone's wondering, I mean, we could try to make some connection between Shvius and, and, and Piram by explaining how it's, who uh, Hudr and Piram is really Qabla Satoira and, um, you know, whatever. We could try to make some connection. Or we could say that because people are still walking around with masks, uh, maybe that's the connection with, with the Peter masks. Um, but, but I'll tell you, aside from the fact that I go in order of my questions, and if somebody sent in a question before Piram, I guess I'm first addressing it now, so I chose that I'm a few months behind. But honestly, I, I look at very many of these questions, obviously, just as a, as a springboard for a discussion, um, just as a topic. Um, you know, very often, it's just an example, right? You can have the same example everywhere. So it's something that, that a couple will, will get upset about in, 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 when they're building a sukkah or sitting outside in the sukkah, it's really all just an example. Now, the fact that in the sukkah, it's more relevant because now the neighbors are hearing and now I'm upset why you say it, or why are you make taking so long by the suit and I'm so cold, it's just an example, and, and that's always a good discussion for a whole year to understand you know, how much should one person take the other person seriously and how much should we bend and, and, and understand each other. So I'm going to be giving an example that somebody mentioned about, about a, a Purim idea. And like I said, it's, it's, it's almost only an example. Just recently someone mentioned to me that listening to my shooting, a lot of times he wonders, like, you know, a lot of these things are so petty. And especially when you're dealing with bigger challenges, the smaller ones seem petty. Or at least when you listen to someone else's, it sounds petty. Um, and, and I'll tell you, sometimes it is petty. It's, first of all let's put it like this when, when somebody's dealing with a situation it's not petty anymore for him it's real it, you know, that, that's how emotions work to you they're real to you it means a lot and, and somebody that, that to you means one thing to someone else means something else so, I mean, You know what's important to you means nothing to anyone else no matter how, how severe it is that's the first thing second of all I, I'm not, it's, it's obvious I'm just trying to um, explain it that I'm not. I'm not addressing these questions. because I think that they're uh, major crisis questions, or or I think someone needs a, an answer, and that's why I'm trying to help with an answer. Because if that would be the case, obviously, as in this case, actually, um, I would discuss it with him when it's still relevant, at least in the example that he's giving. I'm discussing these things because it's just an idea of how to explain and again apply the ideas of healthy relationships and see and see where we can go with this. So let's let's get to the point. Okay, Haribek Ruin. Thank you for all your all your help in the past. Okay, I have a question. I'm not sure if it's the same in your circles, but it probably is. Purim, a lot of women have themes, and they are so into the whole family being included in the theme, which means dressing up, and the Shalachman is all on the same thing. Not all husbands are always involved, but my wife makes it seem like everyone else's is. I'm uncomfortable dressing up on Purim, but I've done it in the past to keep the peace. It's not like a crazy costumes. Costume sometimes is just a hat or something. My wife is adamant about this, that this is a family issue. I don't think I have to give all the detail, this is nothing new, new for you. I know your thoughts on this, but the issue is that my kids are into this also, and my wife makes it seem makes it seem so bad if I don't want to get involved, and my kids will not be happy, even though I think that some won't really care. I know it's important to swallow your pride sometimes, and I've been doing it for years, I'm assuming you'll say not to dress up, but I'd like to hear your thoughts, and also, how do I explain it to my wife that I'm just not doing it this year? Thanks a lot. Okay, so like I said, this was last forum. What happened in the end is irrelevant. So just to clarify, just because you know the question started with something about how it is in my circles, your circles. I mean, we're all in the same circle at the end of the day. Um, but just to clarify, this question is not coming from uh, Brooklyn or Lakewood, New Jersey. Not that I think it makes a big difference. I'm just mentioning it, just because maybe it's even more normal in whatever circles um, this person is talking about. Now, personally, just to make sure that nobody got the wrong message, just now, I don't think there's anything wrong with dressing up on Purim. The idea of dressing up. Um, i is actually a minig, and I don't know if it's uh, if it's exclusive for children. Um, I happen to dress up myself, and if you ever see me in the street, I'm Purim, You know that. Um, I, I I just want to qualify that. Yeah, it's it's normal for women to have themes. Uh, many men are okay with it, and yes, many are not. Um, some men are more involved. Sometimes less involved, and all that is just to give a balanced uh, perspective to what's going on over here. Okay, we're talking about. Uh, well, it's a seemingly normal thing to do it's normal for men to be comfortable with and I think it's also normal for men not to be comfortable with okay and you know like I said it's interesting to talk about Purim at this time here, but I think this is so common there's so many issues that can happen like this and I'm just going to give like one example that's coming to mind now right let's say a family is making a simcha and the wife is telling the husband that this is a family issue okay I'm just trying to I'm just trying to apply the same ideas to get the same question it's a family issue so everything you do by the simcha is affecting the whole family and I think that everybody gets up to speak by a simcha, and you're the Baal simcha, so you have to speak now, and if you don't, then you're doing something wrong because you're doing something different than everyone does, and it's going to be affecting the whole family. I think it's a pretty typical example of, of a pretty similar example, and I may be wrong, I'm just trying to apply the same idea that this is everywhere. It's, 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 a, it's, it's a common thing to have ideas that someone feels at least is affecting the family and someone feels that it's the normal thing to do and now they're imposing this on someone else and I, I think you, you get where I'm, where I'm headed now let me just say it like this a word to the wife okay? and when I say wife, again I don't mean wife I mean that in this case it's a wife and a word to a husband who's doing the same thing to his wife uh, when, you know, when, when he wants her to do something and coming with the whole family thing and saying that this is what everyone does even when something is given and even when something is done by everyone, and even if it would be that everyone will do a certain thing, and you know you want your spouse to do it, it's, it's, it's wrong to come with, with, you know, that kind of strength and imposing uh, uh, manipulation that you better do this because this is how it's done, and if you don't, then you're doing something wrong. It's not the way to talk to someone, okay? Sometimes you're actually making it harder for someone to do because you're, you're, you're talking like that. Sometimes the, the resistance is coming from the fact that you're demanding something and making someone feel stupid for not doing it and showing them how wrong it is, okay? Especially when it's not even true okay I I mean I think again I'm not in your circles I don't know whose circles I'm in but I I think that not all men get dressed up I think it's it's fine and normal and and at least in some cases accepted if the father you know sits by the wheel and drives around and the family's all dressed up I, I think that's fine as well so to tell someone that everybody does something when in most cases in most cases when you hear those words everybody does it in most cases it's not true in most cases I can't say always, but in most cases when someone says everybody's doing something, it's usually not true, and I think we know this from our children when a child comes home from school or uh, and says "You know, everyone in my class does something well, everyone's parents, all the kids in my class's parents do something I we adults know that it's usually not true, I mean, very little things everyone does that you don't do, and if everyone does it, you would probably also be doing it, you know um, now it could be that a lot of people do but you have to remember that a lot of people is not everyone, and and if it's not everyone, then don't say it's everyone, and don't try to make your spouse feel bad for not doing something everyone is doing. If not everyone is doing it, I'm just recently I was also involved in a situation where somebody was uh, demanding of a spouse to fund certain things, right, to pay for certain things that everybody has and everybody's doing. It comes across with such a strength and it's so wrong. But and aside from the fact that it's wrong to manipulate or control or demand of someone something like that. I think it's good to acknowledge that a lot of times it's coming from your own weakness. And I want to explain this. Let's say everybody does something. Let's make believe everybody does it. Why do you have to come with the fact that everybody's doing it when you make a demand? What's wrong with saying that it would mean a lot to me if you do it? How very many people say, what do you mean? I have to say that it means a lot. Yeah, yeah, but what's wrong? What's your resistance to saying, please do this? What's your resistance to appreciating it? The answer is that some people have that resistance. I don't want to appreciate it. I don't want, I don't want you to think you're doing me a favor. I don't want you to think I owe you something, even though nobody said you owe anyone anything. I don't want you to think you just gave me something. Well, a lot of that is coming you know, from your own insecurities and your own lack of appreciation, maybe, or your own lack of whatever it may be. So it's good to think about. So next time you tell your husband that it's the man's job to take out the garbage, which every time I say it and every time I hear it, I, I squirm, because I don't know who came up with this idea, um, that it's the man's job to take out the garbage. I, 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 think, I think it's a, a, ter- a terrible idea. I'm just mentioning it now. But but even if it would be, let's say he wrote in the and it's actually a Pusik in the Torah, okay, that is the man's job to take out the garbage, okay? Why why are you quoting his job now? What's wrong with saying please take it out? The answer is uh, he's not doing it for me, so w- why not? So it's just simple to think about, okay? So often we use these kind of manipulations and tricks because I don't want to ask you. I don't think I have to ask you. Why do I have to ask you? Well, you're anyway asking because he's not doing it on his own. He's not doing it. it's not ha- the garbage is not going. And he's not taking it. So instead of screaming at him and telling him how how unfair it is and how it's his job and how he should have been doing it, you know, why don't you just say, please do it? And the answer is because you don't want to say the word please or thank you. So that's just something to think about. Again, I don't mean anyone. I don't know who this is. I, I, I don't know, you know, I, I don't mean anyone directly. I don't mean anyone specifically. It's just something to think about. So if you're ever using this everybody does it card on your spouse, think about why you're saying it, is it true, and if it's maybe not the right thing to do. And I'll say another thing, that a lot of times we use this this family idea, okay? This is affecting the family. The kids want, everybody wants. It's also, it's just another tactic. It's a manipulation tactic. And, and, and some people say, but it does. I know it does. And it's still a manipulation tactic. If you want your husband to get up and say a speech by a sheba bruches, and you're blaming it on the family, that's a manipulation tactic. Okay? He doesn't have to. It's him. And something to think about now. Does it mean he shouldn't take anyone into consideration? Does it, does it mean that it's not affecting the family? Does it mean that his decision could... Should he be the one in control of a decision that does actually affect the family? I don't know if these do, but obviously there's, there's ways to work around these things. But don't, don't try to control someone with different ideas that make people feel that they have to listen to you. I, I think it's wrong. I think when it comes to something personal, I talk about this in my book, and in my talks all the time about boundaries. When it comes to mine, mine and yours and ours, if it's about me, and I'm the one doing it, and, and I'm the one dealing with it, and it's not affecting anyone directly... I think I should be able to make that decision and let people have space. And most often, the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm saying all this is, is, is for your benefit as well, because most often when you ask your spouse nicely to do something, and you don't make it sound like a given, and you don't demand it, and you don't make it sound like they have to do it for you, it just becomes easier. It might be harder for you because now you have to say thank you. Well, that's something that you should definitely be working on. So that's, that's, all, that's all that. Now, this is what, you know, this idea I spoke about many times, and I think that the questioner was relying on this idea to assume that um, I'm assuming you say not to dress up. And that's because, based on, on my understanding and what I try to help people understand about boundaries and, and controlling attitudes, you know, he's assuming that I would say, you know, don't, don't do what someone's making you do. And, and, and there's something about it, because I often say this, especially when it comes to children, but even in any case, when someone's demanding something of you, there's that knee-jerk reaction of, no, I don't have to, don't control me. It doesn't mean that you're specifically doing it to spite someone, but it means that when you do things when you feel controlled, uh, very often you're giving a wrong message. When somebody tells you you have to do something, and you do it, you just taught them something. As opposed to when you hesitate, or even if you just answer, "I'll think about it, and then you get back with a decision, you already taught someone, especially if it's your child, and even if it's your spouse, that, you know, I I can make my decision on my own. It's not healthy to to let someone tell you what to do. So very many, uh, very often, it's important to actually resist something that somebody's trying to impose on you. Now, Sometimes, and, and this, is, you see, this is now the part that, that I think the questioner might, might not have, have, have realized. Sometimes, when you know something is important to someone, and like you said, it, it's important sometimes to swallow your pride and sometimes doing things that which what you've been doing for years, sometimes you could, you could preempt these kind of things. In other words, my point isn't, and I want to be very clear about it, my point isn't that a husband should not take out the garbage because it's not his job. You can take out the garbage. I do so myself. Eh, very seldom, but I, I do so sometimes. You're allowed to take out garbage. By the time someone's screaming at you and telling you you have to, and it's your job, and upset at you for not doing it, that's when you could think twice and say, I hear what you have to say. I'll think about it. But if you know that it means something to someone, and it's frustrating for your wife to be putting things in the overflowing garbage that's falling all over the place, and she already took out three bags of garbage uh, today, there's no reason why you shouldn't do it. That's very important. As a matter of fact, sometimes when you preempt these things and you do it on your own, what you just accomplished was that you didn't, you, you didn't give in to a demand and you took someone seriously. And even if they won't be very appreciative, at the end of the day, you know you, you did something that, that was appreciated. They're not, they're not expressing appreci- appreciation, but they, they liked it. There's nothing wrong with doing something that someone that you care for likes. There's no reason to resist. Dafka, uh, not to do something that someone likes. It's, uh, that's an important point. And I've seen this many times. I spoke about it recently about a relationship with a mother in law. If, if this is meaningful to your spouse, uh, maybe do it. You know, I, I say it's similar to when you ask a child to do something. If you demand it of him, then he might resist because it's being demanded. And even if he does it at the end, uh, you know, he doesn't get a big compliment for doing it because you demanded it. You could, you could preempt that by saying it nicely. It makes it easier for him to do on his own terms. And now you could express appreciation because he didn't have to. You know, you're just making it easier for yourself. So I'm saying in this case as well, sometimes it's a smarter thing to do to preempt something and do something that's meaningful to someone. So if getting dressed up on it means something to your spouse and your kids, or at least some of them, maybe. I, I, I don't have anything wrong with it. So the question, do you have to? You don't have to. Should you feel you need to? Or is it right to be a spouse to try to put this on you? No, I don't think so. But but could you? Maybe. Now, it's your choice. If you feel very uncomfortable with that funny hat on your head, uh, walking around the whole day and having people take pictures of you, yeah, I, I understand that. I, I do. And I respect it. I happen not to care. But, uh, but that's your choice. But if it's meaningful to someone, and you can swallow your pride and say, you know what, I'll do it. My family will appreciate it. Let me, throw, let me do it. There's nothing wrong with doing that. And as a matter of fact, very, very many times it's, it's a good thing. Now, let me just add another few points over here. I mean, that was a general answer. Sometimes it's not so black and white. And very often, when it, by the time it gets to uh, you have to, nobody does, everyone does, I don't want to, I don't have to, that's when it starts becoming a power struggle and you didn't know what to do anymore. Very often, right, as problems approaching, and this seems like it's going on for quite a few years, you could preempt it, first of all. And you could offer something, and, and, and it's not black and white. You don't have to wear a costume a whole day. And you don't have to wear a full costume, like a, a five-ish from Ura. You could wear something on your, on your head. You could um, wear it only by the party. You could wear it only outside or only inside. You could wear it by the pictures. You could wear, you could wear it by night, not by day. Very, very often when you think about it, and you break it down to what you're re- willing to do and ready to do, it just becomes so much simpler. And back to my Sheva example. If you're okay saying a speech, but only a short one, and only by one shebel brachas, and only you know in a certain context, that's fine. So sometimes working along, trying to please someone, doesn't have to be giving in and being controlled and doing things that you're very uncomfortable with, but you could you know come up to come to some kind of a compromise that, that might make both of you a little more happy and a little less controlling. Now, you asked, how do I communicate this to my wife? Well, I don't know what your decision would be after hearing all this, but you, you communicate it in, in plain English. After showing empathy and saying, I understand you, and, and I'm not upset at you, and instead of being challenging about, you're so wrong with this, and not everyone does, and trying to prove these things, which is you know, just a waste of your time, making people more and more, um, you know, more and more defensive, more and more stuck in their own opinions. It's about you. And communicate that. Understand that you want me to. Understand that you feel it's important for the family. I don't feel so comfortable with it. And my decision will be this and this. Or maybe this is something I do feel comfortable with, and, 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 and that I'm okay with. That, that's fine. So it's very important to, to always know how to communicate about, about yourself. So like I said, even if it won't score you many points, it might be worthwhile for you. It's not just to keep the peace, you know, to make, to make people um, feel good and do things before, you know, before they're being demanded of you. Now, I'll add one thing. And that is that sometimes when you do something like this, um, what's really bothering you, and as I spoke about this in the past, someone wrote a whole book about this, which is a very interesting book, about the, the problem with being mavata too much. It's a, it's a Yiddish book, so it's called, he calls call it being mevatr. The problem with being Mavatar is that at the end of the day, there's a resentment building. Okay, uh, Your spouse wants to go to a chasna at 10 o'clock, and you want to go at 8 o'clock. And you decide, you know what, I'll give in, I'll, I'll keep the peace, as you call it, right? And I'll go at 10 o'clock, because that's what she wants. It's a beautiful thing, but why is it wrong? And the author explains it's wrong. He makes the case that when you're Mavatar, at the end of the day, you're expecting something for it. You're either expecting the next time she goes and you want, or you're expecting that at least the, the ride to Mansi, to the Chasna, will be a pleasant ride because you accommodated her and she shouldn't be busy on her phone or angry at you. At the end of the day, you're expecting something. Or you're expecting that she should um, head home sooner because you uh, accommodated her on the way there. There's almost always, even when it's, when it's unspoken, subconsciously, when you give someone something, you're expecting something back very often, that's what, that's what kills it. So sometimes you're better off not being mavatar and, and not expecting anything back and not getting angry and not getting resentful instead of, instead of giving in too much. That's the idea. And, and there's definitely some truth to that. What I mean to say is that sometimes the, the resistance of dressing up is the lack of appreciation. And, you know, I'll do this for you. I'll wear a funny hat on my head. But are you going to appreciate it? Do you realize that I'm doing it for you? Do you realize how uncomfortable I am? Do you realize that I'm doing it because it's important to you? And all well, that's not there. Now sometimes, if you preempt a situation early enough when things are not yet emotionally challenging, and you tell someone, I'm thinking of dressing up this year, because I know it means something to you. I would appreciate if you could if you could express some appreciation. Or you could tell me that it was it was meaningful to you. You don't have to. Okay, I'm doing this because I think it's the right thing to do. And that's what I would like. Now, not everyone likes hearing that. But at the end of the day, you might be educating someone and making it easier for them to make it easier for you to make it easier for them. So think about that. That's something that people have to hear. And I, I had this with, with somebody who was... Um, Hey uh, let's give you the example of a CM. okay? He was making a CM every once in a while. Every time he came home, I said, you know, I made a CM, nothing doing. And it bothered him. You know, he goes out to learn, he wakes up early, and he's making a CM and he comes home, and he says something, and his chavrus' his wife is making a cake, and a party, and a thing, and, like, nothing doing. And, and instead of getting resentful, I told him, you know, maybe try to educate your wife. Well, I have to educate her. You know, you don't have to educate her. But think about it. Tell her that in two weeks you're thinking of making Don't wait till you make the CM and you're already emotionally challenged and she's going to feel stupid when you start asking her like why she's not doing anything and get defensive. Tell her, I'm thinking of making the CM in two weeks from now. It would mean a lot to me if in honor of the CM we do something to celebrate, if you bake something or we do something with the children, and you educate her and don't make it too hard for her and don't make it too specific and don't make it about how normal it is and everyone does it like we said before, but it would mean a lot to me. Very often, by saying it nicely, saying it in advance, you make it easier for that person to understand. So you're educating someone, instead of saying, why don't they know it? Doesn't everyone? That's not the point. They don't. So you educate people. So if you tell your wife that you're willing to do this, and it would mean something to you if she could express it, or if she could show it, or if she could, um, whatever it may be. And this is just one example. You know, that, that's or if you tell your wife, you know, I'm thinking of talking about a Sheol Brakha, but I'll be honest with you, last time I spoke, and I didn't even get to thank you. And you don't have to thank me. But it makes it very hard for me. Think I'm thinking of doing it again this time. And I would appreciate it if you could, if you could show me that it meant something to you. And again, don't get into a debate or an argument about it. But sometimes something, something like that, something as simple as that, can make it easier for both of you to understand each other. So I, I hope that I gave a little, a little clarity of both sides of the, of the equation over here. And, you know, let, let, let's, let's try to understand each other. Marriage and social bias and relationships are about understanding each other. So it's important for the wife to understand the husband's resistance and not try to tackle it and, and choke it. It's important for the husband to try to understand that it does mean something to the wife. He did for her image or her, whatever it may be. And, and work along with each other and make it easier for each other. And I just hope we can get in a lot of areas, a lot closer and live together.